0: I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Community Church's Morning Bible Study. We're in Genesis chapter 32, and we're at the end of the chapter. We're all the way at the bottom and excited to end this chapter and continue to move on In the story of Jacob but we've got to wrap it up we've got to end it and get a view that is going to set the course of history for the Jews because now Jacob is Israel which means he is the father of the nation of Israel he's the he is he is he's carrying on the promises that were given to his father Abraham and Isaac and so he's the, he is the heir and he is the one who is going to, he's already have has 11 sons. He's going to have his 12th and then there'll be the 12 tribes of Israel. He's wrestled with God. We're going to see him meet with, we're going to see him meet with his brother. And we're going to see all that goes on with that in the next chapter. We're going to see him set up. But after wrestling with God, after having that, that time where he has struggled with God and God has given them that new name. And he has now met him. He struggled with him face to face, which means he's had personal interaction with God. Now that he's done that, and now that, that that has gone on, he is he's in the perfect position. He's in the perfect place to hear from God and to know God. And one of the things that's happened up until this point in scripture in the, in the book of Genesis, is that God's either given us his name in that he's described himself in the Hebrew language by Moses ascribing him names as far as Adonai or, or Jehovah in the very first chapters of the Bible, or the names that he has up until this point are names that were given to him by people through experiences that they have with him. Meaning you have Rahab and she's out there, she's crying, she's, she's, she's distraught and she finds God. You have all these stories and you're going to go through them uh, throughout scripture where somebody meets with God, sees God in a new light and they give him a name that is associated with how God revealed himself to them. And so they, uh, they see God in a new light, in a new way, and they call him that name. Whatever that name is, they call him that name. And that's, that's when God steps in and God makes a huge difference in who they are. And they realize that God is at work in their lives. That is a powerful method to come to terms with God. But there is the other way to come to God, and that is once God has begun to move in your life, once God's begin to open doors in your life and allow you to see him in a new and a powerful and a different, you seek after him. You seek after the knowledge of him. You become a seeker of God. You become one who, who chases after him. And he says, if you seek me, you will find me. But you got to seek me with your whole heart. We want to be seekers of God. We want to be the people who chase after who God is. And we want to be the type of people who search after how he works. We want to be the investigators of God. We want to be the ones who investigate and find God out and who he is and where he is and what he's working in. And that's what we want to be. That's who we want to be. And as we do that, we not only get the opportunity to see God in the times he steps up to the plate and really makes a life change in our lives, but we get to see God in, in, in the quiet and the small places of life. We get to see him in the places where he opens our minds and our hearts up and allows us to, to see him in the intimate and small things of life. And that is really, that's really where you come to know God in a in a personal and a powerful way. And if you do not come if you do not come to know God in that way, you're gonna you're gonna struggle. You're gonna struggle because you're only gonna see him in the big events. And God is a God of the big events. Excuse me. God is a God of the big events, but he's also a God of the small events. He's also a God of the intimate and in the intimacy, we really get to know the, the depth and breadth of his love, his power, his greatness, and his grace. And uh, you can't know that until you walk with him in the uh, cool of the evening, until you walk with in the pastures by the still water. You can't know him until you know him in the small places also, because the small has to do, has as much to do with life as the big and the great. And there is just as important as the big and the great. And so he said, "I said in verse 29, then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And notice what Jesus said, because remember Jesus is the angel of the Lord in this story. Notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. Notice, he just asked the question, why is it that you ask about my name? What he's saying is, why are you asking about my name? Why don't you just, why don't you just get to know me? That, that is an important, that's important way of doing things. Up until this point, people have had an experience with God, and then they just rely totally on that one experience, that one, at one time with God, and Christians do that even today. I remember when when I went down front, or I remember when this happened, and they never ever, and those are powerful moments in life, but they never ever really get to know God in his fullness because they're just wanting to have that experiential relationship with God, that mountaintop time with God, that that powerful moment where they see the hand of God at work. And they really never ever search for God in the intimate and the quiet and they never round off their relationship with god sadly a lot of people do that in their relationships with each other sadly a lot of marriages are based off of a singular or, or a multi or a string of, of wonderful experiences they have with someone that they're dating and they never ever really go, get to know the true character and nature of the person until they're married to them and they realize that you know what there's not a lot of character and there's not a lot of nature there There's just there's nothing and uh and what was going on was that person was setting up events to make to make you be attracted to them. And those events seemed wonderful. And they involved flowers and gifts and trips and events. And then all of a sudden, when you have to actually live life together, when you have to deal with the momentary and the, the things that happen over a period of time in, in your life, you know what happens? They're not there. They don't listen. Closed off to it. They, they're wandering off to other things. And you know what sheep do wander. That's what we do. Sheep wander all the time. And we wander off in the next the next cool thing, the next big show, the next the next carnival that comes along. Boom, we're right in the middle of that. And rather than actually build any depth of relationship, and boy, I've even seen marriages that they have to feed on the next big thing because without the next big thing there's nothing. And that is that that is not a whole complete abiding loving powerful relationship that's just a relationship based on the calendar and the events of the day and god is not into that and he is saying that to israel that's what i love about this he's saying that to jacob who is also israel he's saying he said why is it that you ask about my name he says "Uh, aren't we closer than that now haven't we really had a real struggle together aren't we aren't we more than just uh, trying to figure out what my name is Aren't we just more than the events of the hour? Aren't we more than the momentary things that happen in life? Aren't we closer than that today? He says, why are you asking about my name? You know who I am. You've already met with me. You already gave me a name. The first time you saw me, you gave me a name. Aren't we past that? Haven't you seen my hand at work in your life more than just... Trying to figure out what my name is. And by the way, Abraham never asked for what his name was, and neither did Isaac. They don't do that. And the reason they don't do that is because it's more than just the event of the moment. It's more than that. And if you'll notice, even when Moses goes up on the mountaintop, even Moses, even when Moses goes up on the mountaintop, he knows that when he goes to tell the children of Israel that he's met with God, they're going to ask, what? What is your, what's his name? They're going to ask what his name is. And what that means is they're going to be focused in on, we don't really have any idea who you are, who you really are. And that tells a lot, doesn't it? Doesn't that tell a lot? So Jacob called the name and the place Peniel. And he says, for I've seen God. And that that literally, uh, as you translate it, because it's going to be used twice in this passage that literally means the face of God it means he he called that place the face of God meaning he'd actually met God face to face and that's the thing that God says about Moses after he leads the children of Israel out of Egypt and Miriam and Aaron start grumbling against him he calls them before the camp he, he says why is it that you were not afraid to speak against my servant Moses he says to, to prophets and others, I speak in visions and dreams, but to Moses, I speak what? Face to face. And the reason he says that is these prophets and these priests and all these people that have heard from me, they, they are event-oriented people and they've heard from me once, they've heard from me in just one situation and they think they know me. And you are not afraid to speak against my servant Moses and Moses isn't a big event person, even though he's seen some really big events. You think about it, the burning bush, the plagues of Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, bringing water from a rock, following the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. He has seen great visions of God, and he has been actively involved with that. But notice, God doesn't say, Moses has done these, this big thing, big here, big there. He, didn't, he doesn't say that. When God tells his people, he says, you were not afraid to speak against my servant Moses. He doesn't bring up all the big things that Moses did, the big spiritual events of life. What does he bring up? He brings up the intimate relationship that he has with Moses. He says to him, with those people, I speak to them in the big events. I speak in visions and dreams. But with Moses, I speak in face-to-face, which means personal relationship with him, personal relationship with him. He and I know each other. We're personally friends, and that's huge. That's bigger than the events of life. That's bigger than parting the Red Sea. That's bigger than the plagues of Egypt. That's bigger than the burning bush, to know God personally. And to be called his friend, that's the, one of the most special things Jesus told his disciples. He says to them, servants don't know their master's business. And he's telling them, I'm telling you my business. You know, what's going to happen is important that you know that what's going to happen. And I want you to be actively involved in what's going to happen. He says to, to servants, they don't know their master's business, but you know my business. You know me. You have a relationship with me, and I no longer call you servant. I call you friend. And what he's saying is, there's an intimate relationship there, and there's a closeness there, and you know me, and that's what matters to me. And in this statement here, God's saying to He's saying to Israel, "You now know me. You don't need a name. You know me." He so. Jacob called that place the face of God, where he actually came to know God. For I've seen God's face, for I've seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Meaning, I thought I would die if I saw Him face to face, but I've met with the angel of the Lord. I've seen God, and I I know Him. Just as He crossed over Peniel, which is a different spelling of Peniel, which means face to face. Just as He crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on Him, and He limped on His hip. Notice. God's grace and mercy and power rose on him, and the product of that meeting with God was evident in his life because he limped on his hip. He'd been knocked out of socket. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. What he's saying is they didn't even eat that muscle from any animal, and the reason they didn't eat it is because Because God had touched Jacob there. And God had shown Jacob who he was. And Jacob, after he met with God, was no longer Jacob. He was no longer a thief and a liar. He was Israel. He was a prince of God. He was under the promise of God. He was under the presence of God. And you know, that's what God wants for you. He wants a personal, intimate walk with you. He wants to meet you in the big ways because the truth is we don't ever come to him except for the big ways, the big splash experiences. We just don't do it. Relationships start that way. And there's nothing wrong with them starting that way. I've told my daughters many, many times, you're gonna see a lot of guys and you're gonna try to figure out who you should marry and who's important. And remember, you need to be attracted to them. There's nothing wrong with that. There has to be an attraction. That's the initial big bang right there. That's the initial step out and get to know the person. But the truth is the intimacy and the life that you want to live with someone has to go deeper than that. It has to be, you got to know the character and nature of the person and and you have to search out those who, who sure have the big bang of the initial attraction, but they also need to have the depth and the breadth of character that would cause you to have a wonderful relationship for life with that person. And that's a picture of God. When we're searching out to the bridegroom, when we're searching out God, he wants to us to see him for his greatness. He's seeing for his, that's clearly spelled out in scripture. But he also wants us to see him in the intimate and quiet things. He wants us to know the power of his nature and character. And that is found in his name. The reason God has so many names in the Bible is because the human language is inadequate. It's wholly inadequate. Every language that humans speak, the human's ability to speak, is wholly inadequate to describe the truth of who God is, and there's many times where I just find myself seeing God in a way and I'm not even sure that I can explain that to you. There's times when I go, I don't really know that I can do that, and I guess that's why God calls preaching or teaching foolishness. It's foolish to think that a limited human being could actually tell another human being about a limitless God, and yet God somehow allows me to say things in a way that people get and they understand God in a in another way on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or in the mornings when we do these Bible studies. He somehow steps through and presents himself to them in that quiet place as a as just a big old dumb redneck, talks about Jesus. The Holy Spirit adds the depth and the breadth in the hearts of people hearing it. And that always amazes me and that always is exciting for me because who would think that God would use me and who would think that God would use you? No one except for God. And if God thinks it, who cares what anybody else thinks? Amen. It's the way it is. It's the wonderful way it is. It's a wonderful part about being a believer. God is always at work. He's always moving. He's always acting. And uh, we just get to be along for the ride And we get to know him in depths and breadth that is unimaginable. And uh, there's peace and power in it. I pray that you'll have that. I pray that'll happen more and more for you. And that you'll see him in the powerful brightness of who he is. I pray that in the name of Jesus. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. That he'll make his face to shine upon you. And that he will give you hope. And peace today in Jesus' name.